Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. The Ask Dr. Ernst Show is presented by Dr. Aaron Ernst, a board-certified chiropractic physician specializing in spinal correction, nutritional coaching, and cellular detoxification. And as for informational purposes only, it is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Seek a qualified healthcare professional before changing your health program or embarking on a new one. Visit AskDrErnst.com for more information. It's time to transform your health with one of the nation's leading and growing authorities in total health. Over the next hour, learn from experts on how to revolutionize the health of those you love most. This is Ask Dr. Ernst. And now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. I'm your co-host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, here with co-host Dr. Chris Demzar. Happy Saturday, everybody. Good to be here. And uh, we're excited to be on WBT. You know, my God, we're coming up on, I think, almost 14 years. Wow. It's just insane to think about that. Yep. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to all of our listeners. Man, you guys, I think we hit a world record last week. We were giving away an ebook and free access to this webinar that we're hosting in September. We had almost 100 people text in asking for this ebook, Diabetes Heal Thyself. Dr. Chris and I wrote this. And we're going to give it away again today just because of the fact that you guys love it. And also because our topic is much going deeper into a cause of diabetes called toxin-induced insulin resistance. This one mm. is somewhat specific to type 2, yep. but I'm going to branch out and also talk about toxin-induced pancreas damage, which would be the cause of type 1. And then we're going to go even deeper toxic-induced neural damage, which would be the cause of type 3. So in the end, toxins can cause diabetes. And if you've never heard of this, or you've never looked into it yourself, go to Google, toxin-induced insulin resistance, T-I-I-R as an abbreviation, is the functional term for this condition. You will not find this in medical literature like, uh, you know, the Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, because they don't believe in this, number one. You're not going to have an endocrinologist say, yeah, I believe in toxin-induced insulin resistance. So this is something only the kooky, crazy, holistic practitioners talk about. Yeah, doctor, I was going to ask, is this something? Is this new information that's just coming no. to the surface now in the first few no, years? No, this has been known since, like, uh, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, that you could make someone a type 2 diabetic if you damage the insulin receptor with a toxin. There's even research dating back as far as like 2014. I know that sounds like forever ago, but you know, it's almost 10 years. Yeah. And there's ferritin, lead, mercury, glyphosate, arsenic, aluminum. There's all these metals and toxins and pesticides that can actually cause damage to the receptor known as insulin. And if the receptor is damaged, then of course the insulin won't work. And what's the classic hallmark laboratory findings for a type two diabetic? Their insulin is yeah, their insulin can be super high, and their and sugars their blood are sugars are also super high, and their A one C is going to be also skyrocketing. It's because the receptor is damaged, and yeah. nobody's talking about this in medicine. So we want to just break down for you, real quick. How do you know what kind of diabetes you have? And I don't mean one, two, and three. I mean what kind of cause yeah. you have. 
And look, there's so much information. We've got like an hour. So we really want you to download this ebook. It's Diabetes Heal Thyself, the causes of one, two, and three diabetes. Do you know there's a type three? I did. Yeah, see, we do. But did you know there's a type three diabetes? You know, I, I, I talk about this a lot. It's kind of like you take a type one diabetic, they inject insulin, right? Yes. You take a type two diabetic, they don't. Right. You add those two together. And when a type two diabetic has to inject insulin, two plus one is three. type three diabetes. Very We're going to talk about this today. So um, what's the call number for this? Yeah. Call right now text your, or text your name and email address to 704-906-2094 so you can get access to this free diabetes ebook written by Dr. Ernst and myself with the latest and most up-to-date information about everything you need to know about not just managing your diabetes but finding the root cause, not the type of diabetes you have, but why you are in or you're resistant to insulin, why you're not producing insulin, why you're not regulating your blood sugars in the first place. Yeah, and we put man, we put everything in here. We did. Home tests, food lists, how to read your tests. Like this is basically like a medical schools, but it's not medical school, a functional schools answer. Like this is the textbook for diabetes guys. Well, and it's not like, you know, this, we didn't write this with uh, the thought process of, oh, let's see how many big words we can put in here. Right? No, very it's, simple English. Yes, very layman terms. We want everybody to be able to understand it. You're going to be able to take away something no matter uh, what level of reading you're at. You know you're going to find very valuable information within this ebook. So Yeah, so it's 704-906-2094. I'm seeing some people already text in. That's great. You can also call in. Look, I have a call center. They sit there all day just waiting for you to call them. So you know, maybe give them some love, like, you know, their feet are up on the desk and they're just going, when is someone going to call? So 704-906-2094. Yeah. So, um, let's do this real quick. There are three types of diabetes technically, right? But that doesn't say anything about what's causing them. So like, you know, you know how many people we've had come into our clinic say, Dr. Ernst, I'm a type two diabetic and I want help. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what kind of type 2 diabetes do you have? Yeah. We've had a slew lately of type 1 diabetics and we some have. adults with type 1 diabetes, which is very rare, right. just so you know. But, you know, like some kids even, 12 and 20 and 19, and their parents bring them in going like, oh, yeah, so we've, we're doing everything and we're injecting insulin like crazy and we want to help, you know, our son, our daughter, whatever, get rid of type 1 diabetes. Or And even we've had patients come in for let's say other metabolic things going on. Oh yeah. And then you'll meet with them, review their labs and you say, you know what? I think it's gonna be a really good idea if we maybe do a little bit of a challenge or we try to just make sure that yes. their body's handling blood sugar appropriately. And lo and behold, we come to find out that up oh, things aren't they as it diabetes. seems, right? Yeah. They're borderline or they have full blown diabetes. That's unmanaged and not healing. How about this? It happened recently. We had someone who came in with another condition, like it had to do with an organ, right? So they had like kidney problems had no clue they were diabetic, but they were diabetic. Right. So um, if you have type two diabetes, the question is what kind of type two do you have? If you have type one diabetes, the question is what kind? And again, we're not saying, is it type one, A, B, two, A, B? Right. We're saying what cause do you have? Right. And, not- and we're gonna spend a ton of time today talking about the cause that no one talks about, the toxin-induced diabetes. Yes. So let's, let's start at the level one, okay? Type one diabetes is defined as not enough insulin, elevated sugars, and it's typically because there's damage to the pancreas. Right, the main organ itself that's gonna even and give you- And there's 
three major toxins that can do this. Okay, so let's go through one of them. What What's one that comes to your mind? Like if I'm coming to you and I'm like, I got type 1 diabetes, you're probably thinking, oh, you've been exposed to. Yeah, so I'm thinking pesticides, certain herbicides, glyphosate. That's a one option, yep. yes. Lots of Roundup. There's a second one that's very famous with type 1 diabetes called, I just lost the name of it. Oh, here it comes, right? Casein-induced milk protein damage. So you're saying that milk can cause diabetes? No, 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 no. Milk doesn't, okay? Milk, by definition, is a liquid substance that you pick up at the grocery store and you drink. It's the casein protein that's found in the milk that can cause it, okay? And specifically, it's something called A1 casein. Now, there's an A2 casein, which is much healthier, but cows typically in the United States have a high production of A1 casein. And if you're exposed to this milk protein at very high amounts when you're young, yep. that exposure can cause damage to the pancreas and therefore you no longer produce insulin. Okay. So it is technically a toxin to the insulin, uh, to the pancreas. So I think that begs the question, and, and I, I don't think this is something that I'm even aware of. Why are so many of the cows prevalent to having the A1 but not the A2? Ah, here we go. Okay, so the genetic lineage of cows in the United States shifted to where we discovered the 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 genetic makeup of the cows that produce the most amount of dairy by volume yeah, yeah. are generally the ones that have a casein protein genetic lineage of A1 type. So for example, um, a, a German cow may have genetically been bred to be more A2 casein yep, heavy more dominant. And, and dominant and lower A1 casein. And an American cow may have been bred to be more A1 casein dominant, less A2, because the A1 casein cows typically produce more milk. And mm. number two, um, we've kind of bred out the lineage of a traditional heritage cow. Like, like ready for this? The cows of the era of the you know, biblical days right. were A2 yeah. cows. Yep. Now, there were some A1 cows that came around, but again, oh my God, we figured out these things. They, they have high production of milk. Um, they don't require as much you know, uh, grass. They can eat more grains and still produce more milk. So we kind of like leaned towards that. And so today, when you go to said grocery store and you buy said gallon of milk, it's right. probably really high in A1 casein. Now, there are companies that are recognizing this, and you'll see there's even a dairy product that says A2 dairy, uh, but it's more expensive, right? Of a gallon of, of A2 gallon of A casein milk is like 10 bucks, and you can get, what, a gallon of milk? I don't even know anymore. Four, I don't buy milk. How much know, is a I gallon of milk? I'm going to assume four or five dollars, but It's like I don't gasoline, right? A yeah. gallon of gas is like yep. four or five bucks, so a gallon of milk is four or five bucks. So here's the thing. If you're exposed to this A1 casein when you're young and you're susceptible to a uh, like an allergy to it, or you've got a sensitivity, just like someone who's lactose intolerant, you can cause damage. So technically, it's a, pe it's a, uh, it's a toxin. So can glyphosate exposure, which is a, you know, a pesticide that's sprayed onto a lot of food products, damage the pancreas? Yes. Can dairy exposure from A1 casein cause it? Yes. Do you know the virus that also can cause it? So I have a really good guess. I'm gonna go with Epstein-Barr virus. Man alive, you nailed it on the head. There are study after study after study showing Epstein-Barr virus, which is abbreviated EBV, because of course it's hard to just write out Epstein-Barr virus all the yeah. time. And uh, it, the virus itself attacks the beta cells inside the pancreas, and the beta cells are what make insulin. So watch this. If you are listening right now and you are a type 1 diabetic or you know someone with type 1 diabetes, the question should be, hey, friend, 
Have you ever been checked for casein damage to the pancreas? We can look for it. Yep. Have you been checked for Epstein-Barr virus or the amount of glyphosate in your blood? Because if those are high and you have type 1 diabetes, now we know the cause exactly. of the diabetes. Exactly. Now, could toxins cause type 2 diabetes? Absolutely. But the difference is it's not attacking the pancreas. Because yep. remember, you said it earlier, a type 2 diabetic has high sugar, sugar high, high insulin. insulin. So that high insulin means that their pancreas is healthy and producing right. insulin. So what happens here is this. In a normal world, the cells of the human body... Uh, let's draw another one. Can you hand me that paper? Now, listen, are we live, guys? Yes. And <laughs> do we want you to go to our YouTube and our Facebook streams to see what I'm going to draw? Yes. If you're driving, pull over right now and uh, open up your smartphone to youtube.com slash askdrernst. They can also do facebook.com slash askdrernst. And uh, we're going to show you something that's really revolutionary in regards to the cause of type 2 diabetes. Uh, and even type one, which is this diagram. Now, like, like how simple is this? Okay. Yeah. I'm literally holding up a piece of paper and it took me what 10 seconds to draw this. What you're looking at is a human cell, the receptor of insulin, the sugar channel, which is a protein channel. That's basically like a floodgate. When the insulin receptor is closed, then the sugar channels open. And when the insulin receptor is open, the sugar channels close. So in this instance, that insulin receptor is open. Right. There's nothing in it. It's open waiting for Waiting insulin for insulin and the dock. receptor is closed. So yep. watch this. Here's what's so cool about the human body. When sugar starts to pile up outside of the cell now, see the sugar S, sugars outside of the cell, there's a signal sent from your brain to your pancreas to produce insulin. Now, can a type one diabetic do that? No. So that's why they have high sugars. Right. But a type 2 diabetic can do this. They still can. So why the heck do they have high sugars then? Because this isn't working. Now, if this hormone lands on that receptor, the receptor is closed, the sugar channel opens, and that sugar goes in the cell. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's worth doing it again. There's this special thing inside your cell called a mitochondria. Remember the webinar we just did last week? Yeah, that energy producing energy producer, right? So what happens is the sugar goes in the cell and the mitochondria takes that sugar and makes energy. So when it's healthy, insulin lands, the sugar's channel opens, the sugar goes in, so blood sugar goes down, energy goes up and everyone's happy. Yes. Now, let's watch this. The number one toxin that affects type 2 diabetics isn't milk protein it could be a virus, but it's typically not. It's this nasty thing called ferritin. That's one. Or mercury, or lead, or mm. aluminum. We'll no, just say heavy just metals. Listing a lot of heavy metals right okay, now. Okay, glyphosate, which yep. is a pesticide. Pesticide roundup. So now watch this. Any of these toxins, what they do is they get inside. So I'm going to put an F, an H, M, and a G. They get inside that receptor but they don't close the receptor. So what mm. happens is the sugar channel's closed, yep. the receptor is blunted. Right, but open. Open still, so it, the signal from the brain still says, hey, we need more insulin. But watch this, the insulin is made, but it can't get in there. So the signal's not sent, the cell doesn't get the energy. The brain can tell there's no energy, so what does it do? It makes more yeah. 
insulin, insulin. and this mm. is called type 2 diabetes. Yep. Do you guys see this? Yeah. This is the most misdiagnosed, under-discussed cause of type 2 diabetes, toxin-induced insulin resistance. And if you guys were on the show last week, you remember me hinting and alluding to the fact that we were going to talk a little bit about the feed-forward loops with negative and positive feedback loops where in this instance, what Dr. Ernst was saying is that there's no negative feedback saying, stop, we don't need any more insulin to be produced. Correct. It's already not functioning the way it should. Stop producing more insulin pancreas. Your body's not able to do that. So the brain still keeps sending the signals and we see the insulin go higher. We see the sugar go higher. And then we can see the dysfunction come up, come around where it's being diagnosed as type 2 diabetes. Yes. But what is the real problem? And all of you should be saying, oh my gosh, it's all these heavy metals. Now, listen, we have to talk about every single one of these. What the heck is ferritin and where does yep. it come from? What is mercury? We know that. It's a yep. metal. Where metal. does it come from, though? We got to talk about that. Yep. Lead, we got to talk about. Aluminum, we have to talk about. Glyphosate, we have to talk about. So we have, like, I can smell this commercial break. It's, like, about five minutes That's out. Right. That's right. So we need to do a couple things. Number one, you need to download the ebook now. Because we're going to be on a commercial break and you can download it literally and start reading it and start looking at it. But you have to text or call our number now, 704-906-2094. Look, on our WBT channel, like I'm going to just throw this out. Like I don't know if I can say this on here. Like we've been on Fox Sports News for like three weeks. They struggle to do the phone number. But man, you guys, you, some of you on WBT, you have some speed dial. Experts. Wait, do they even have speed dial anymore? Do you remember speed you dial? You push a button and it auto calls. Well, now I'm you should aging have, myself. We should all have our ice contacts, though, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Maybe. <laughs> hey, are we? Is this phone number seven zero four nine zero six two zero nine four? Is it one of your ice contacts? It should, it should be. be. You know what that means in case of emergency, right? But <laughs> it's it's like we can just you know flip up our phone. You say, hey Siri, call WBT. Ask Doctor Ernst. That's right. If you tag the number properly, you can even say, hey Siri, text the Ask Doctor Ernst show. And it'll send a text straight to you, but you have to put the number in your phone. Yeah. Now a lot of our WBT listeners, man, they have them. Like, because look at all the texts coming in already. Yep. I see them. <laughs> That's so amazing. fantastic. So seven zero four nine zero six two zero nine four. I want to talk about the fear of missing out for a second, right? I'm I'm literally like looking at ding ding. Look at all these texts. And if you're listening right now, being like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, I just left some other station. I was listening to Beyonce, and I'm scrolling through, and I heard diabetes. I heard it can yep. get fixed. I'm interested. We're giving away a free ebook, 704-906-2094. It's called Diabetes Heal Thyself, written by Dr. Chris Demzar, myself, Dr. Aaron Ernst, and it's on how to solve type one, two, and three. I don't know any book that talks about all three in one book. Exactly. No, there I've isn't seen one. type Just one ours. books, 90 pages, 100 pages. I've seen type two books, 400 pages. Very rarely do you even see a book about type 3 diabetes. Right. Nobody They're talks now about starting to come out slightly. But yep. listen, you get all of it right now. 704-906-2094. And when we come back, we're going to break down every single one of these. And I think we have enough time to start with let's ferritin. Yeah, that's a good so one to start with. So we've got ferritin, mercury, lead, aluminum, and glyphosate that have been shown in science to be the cause of the diabetes. The insulin resistance is caused by these. And nobody's talking about this. So first of all, can you test for each of these? Yes. That's and is huge. it with like blood or urine or mm -hmm. hair or yeah. what do we do? Yeah. So all three, right? We need yeah. all three to be able to tell what's going on. We're going to, you know, 
ferritin, I know we can dive into that a little bit more, is the storage form of iron in the body. And so that's going to be primarily discovered through a blood test. Mm -hmm. But some of the other ones, some of the heavy metals, all we need is a little bit of hair off the back of, the, of your head or off your body. And then we can, that gives great insight into how your body's dealing with or does it even, is it even accumulating any heavy metals? And uh, certain things like certain pesticides and glyphosate specifically. Glyphosate, How do we yes. check for that? Is that right. a blood test? That's a urine test, yeah. right? So that is a very simple urine test that you do at home, right? It's so simple. And the thing is, is that we need to help you get these in your hands. We need to teach you what they mean. And I'm going to talk real simple about this thing called ferritin real quick. We're going to go into it much deeper. We got about two minutes to do a commercial. So ready? Ferritin is something that the body produces by itself in yes. a method of trying to store iron, like you said. Exactly. But again, the same thing should ask this question. Well, why are you storing so much iron? Because when the ferritin levels exceed about 100 to 150 on this, the blood test, it starts to become toxic because it's a heavy metal. Iron's heavy. It can be oxidized really easily. Yep. And oxidation is like rust. Yep. So I want you to think of it as if you have protein in your blood that has iron connected to it that's rusted, that's called ferritin. And the amount of ferritin that you have is something that's very specific in regards to, for example, um, diabetes. So like Dr. Chris, read this for everybody, right? I went to Google earlier and I typed in the phrase ferritin and diabetes. What's bolded at the very top? It yep. took 0.4 seconds for, for Google to exactly. find this. Read wow. this word for word. Yeah, Type 2 diabetes is a condition frequently associated with elevated levels of serum blood ferritin. It's so hold right on. There. They just said diabetes is associated with high ferritin. Yep. Now, who published this? Yeah, so this was in Diabetes Journal. <laughs> so a journal so, for diabetes, hold up. a medical journal. This is the medical journal yeah. for diabetes. And they said in November of 2004 yep. that type 2 diabetes is caused by high ferritin. Now right. watch this. The association of high ferritin and glucose intolerance, which means they can't use their right. sugars, Unable to use any and insulin resistance, even in healthy people, has right. been reported. Wait a second. What did that just say? Yeah. So that's like the person that comes in here and is like, yeah, no, I'm here for reason A. And then we look at things and go, uh-uh, there's reason B. We've got to check in to make sure that potentially you have you are type 2 diabetic. Let's look but at they're not diagnosed, are they? But it's undiagnosed because there's no symptoms. So hold up, hold up. You're saying you can have diabetes and be undiagnosed? Absolutely. If your ferritin is high. That's right. And that's just so one cause. That's why I'm saying like everybody listening to us should be like, okay, if my pulse is pulsing, I might be a diabetic because your ferritin is more than likely high. We do this test thousands of times and we see it all the time. Okay, here's the commercial. So real quick, I'm opening up a call line 704-906-2094. Right now, call or text with your name and email. We'll send you the ebook. And here's the time to ask your questions, guys. Head yep. on over to facebook.com slash askdrernst youtube.com slash Ernst and ask away. We'll be right back. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. Welcome back. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. I'm co-host Dr. Aaron Ernst along with co-host Dr. Chris Demzar. Good Dr. to be here. Dr. Chris Demzar in the house. Yes. And um, you might just be tuning in for the first time. We're discussing toxin-induced insulin resistance. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. 
T-I-I-R. Guys, it is a cause, not a condition. It's not a diagnosis. It's a cause of many different types of diabetes. Technically, it can cause type 1, but it would be toxin-induced pancreatic damage. Yes. It can cause type 2, toxin-induced insulin resistance, or it can even cause type 3, which there is a type 3 diabetes, and that would be toxin-induced nerve damage or brain damage. I love it. And uh, just before the commercials broke apart our voices, we said there are five major toxins, ferritin, mercury, lead, aluminum, and one that we're probably going to go to jail for saying glyphosate, Roundup. And uh, we had a bunch of questions over the commercial break, and we had a lot of you texting and calling in for our free ebook, which I would highly recommend that you get. It's called Diabetes Heal Thyself, a functional approach to solving type 1, 2, and 3 diabetes written by myself and Dr. Chris. That's right. And we want to give this thing away for free. So 704-906-2094. You can call to our call center. You can text your name and email, and it's yours for free. And it has everything we're talking about today and then some. And when I mean and then some, like every test you can do at home, every test you could ask your doctor to do, every answer as to what do you do when the test results come back. We even have our healing diets. We have chelation yep. protocols. We have supplements that we recommend. And I mean, we could be doing this for like months. Exactly. To just cover what's in the ebook. Yeah. So the freeness of that is why you should be getting it. Absolutely. Yeah. Diabetes isn't just limited to toxic induced, right? There are no. other causes. So ensure that you know which cause may be affecting you. It'll be in the SIBO. Yeah. And our series is going to continue week to week to week on that. So last week we talked just generally about diabetes. Yep. This week we're going over the number one most misdiagnosed cause, toxin induced. Next week we're going to talk about the microbiome induced. The next week we're going to talk about the scary one, neurologically induced. Uh, that's where there can be nerve damage or subluxation or a misfire between the brain and the organ systems. So for at least the next three weeks, we're going to be chatting with you guys on a total approach to fixing type 1, 2, and 3 diabetes. Amazing. So real quick, I know we talked about this at the top of the hour, so I want to read this again. Um, if you go to Google and you type in the word ferritin, F-E-R-R-I-T-I-N, it's a big word and diabetes, and you hit return, what's the first thing that Google finds in less than half of a second? Yeah, so it says that type 2 diabetes is a condition frequently associated with elevated levels of blood ferritin. Hold on, hold on. So if my ferritin is high, I probably have a condition known as type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes, and what you got year, it. And what year was this published? Yeah, this was. This is back in 2004. So, so how many years ago 18 is 18 years ago now. Yeah, like... We've known this medically in research for some time. Right. And who published this? Yeah, and this was done by a medical journal called Diabetes Journals. So, so it's a diabetic the, journal. The American Medical Association and the Diabetic Association, they should know about this, right? They do know about they do it. Know about they it. do now, know about it. Here's what's real crazy. They say that the association between high ferritin... Yep. And glucose intolerance is known. Right. And glucose and insulin resistance is known. And what's unique is they even say in healthy people, which means you could be walking around undiagnosed. So your doctor says, no, you don't have diabetes, but you may have high ferritin yep. and you're setting yourself up for type 2 diabetes. Right. So not only does it cause it, but it's an early predictor. Right. Now, real quick, I had some people text in over the last commercial break. 
how do we know if it's too high? Like, like, let's say I'm lucky enough. My medical doctor actually ran the test. What's considered too high? Yeah. So, and at least in the functional world, anything, you know, going above 150 is extremely toxic. Correct. And so lower to a hundred is definitely going to be more ideal. Now, if you're a female though, under a hundred. Yes. Okay. So the general rule, if you're a male under 150, if you're a female under hundred now real quick. Okay. So I'm a male and I go get this test. It's $25 guys. Like it's super cheap. Okay. And can you just go get it? Sure. sure. You could walk right into LabCorp, Quest, mm -hmm. any labs now and just say, I like my ferrets and tested. They're going to say you got 25 bucks and you're going to just hand them a 20 and a five or whatever you have. And they're going to take you straight back. Boom, boom. And then your email is going to get a report and it's going to give you a number. Now That's watch, right. I'm a male. And I go in and mine's 148. Am I good? Ooh. Well, they're going to, at least medically, they're going to say you're good. Yeah. It's going to come back on when you get that piece of paper, you get that email with the results and you, you see, it says ferritin and then it says what your number is. And then, you know, next to that number, it always would say, you know, slightly above high, above normal or, you know, above normal range, below normal range. Yours is going to say nothing because I know. it's in that normal it's range. It's right at the cusp of high. Now, is that too high for me? Heck yes. yes. I want males under 100. And I want females under 90 or 80. So if you're a male and it's 140 anything, you're no, no good. Even though it's going to say normal. Now here's what's even crazier. It's a test medically done and they know about it. But to a medical test, 400 is considered high. That so if it's That's 399, it's going to be labeled as normal. Right. But it's three times higher than what it needs to be if you are looking at it functionally. So just know this. Just burn this in your brain. If you're a male, we want it under 100. If you're a female, we want it like under 90, 80, 70, maybe even 60. 60 would be a good one. Okay, so now we know the scores for ferritin. Number two, what is ferritin? Yeah. Like where does it come from? How would I get a lot of it in my body? Yeah, so ferritin is a protein that is made by your body. So it's being made, it's not something you're ingesting, your body's making it, but it's in response to the levels of iron that you have. You can think of it as the storage form of iron. You need ferritin to store iron. Yeah, and what happens is uh, ferritin is kind of like a, a safe deposit box for iron. So if your body is going through an iron crisis, which could be because you had a bleed, it could be because you've switched your diet and you became a vegan and you thought it was yep. healthy, but you just depleted your iron scores. Then your body says, we got your back. Yep. This protein's holding a lot of iron. It'll let go of the iron and then you rebuild your blood. Now, real quick, when I say the word iron, what's the first thing that comes to your mind as far as what it is used for in the body? Iron makes what? Yeah. Iron helps to make the hemoglobin molecule. Yes. That's going to help to store. It's going to basically attract the oxygen molecules to transport oxygen around your body so you can utilize it for different functions. So ferritin stores iron so that you can make new red blood cells and put the iron on the red blood cell to carry oxygen. Now, if my ferritin levels are really, really high, yep. it means I'm storing a ton of it, which means I'm generally not giving it exactly. to make new red blood cells. Exactly. So guess what the number one most common symptom of a high ferritin person is? Lethargic. And they're tired and they're winded. You know what I'm talking about with windedness? Here's windedness. I went up two flights of stairs and I'm like, <sighs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't have asthma. So, I, or like I went to the gym to work out and I'm dying because I can't seem to recover my breath. Or mm -hmm. I got an infection. I had COVID. I had the flu. And I'm like, man, you know, I just, I can't seem to recover my air. 
Okay, so in a healthy environment, ferritin is a protein that iron sticks to and we store it. Now, when the ferritin protein has lots of iron on it, it's heavy mm-hmm. and it's floating around in our blood. So where does it tend to get stuck? Where do we find ferritin at high concentrations in the body? Yeah, I'm going to say down in the, near the liver. Well, so by gravity, right? Yep. So lower half, okay? So all the organs from about I your rib cage down yep. and in your joints. So one way of you knowing if your ferritin is high is if you wake up in the morning and you're like, you know, like my back hurts, my knees hurt, my hips hurt, my neck hurts. But by about an hour or two in your day, you're like, well, I feel really good. It's because you're pushing the ferritin around as you got up. And so it's not accumulating in joints. It's toxic. It's like having rusted nails in your blood and your joints, and it's really dangerous. Now, what does ferritin do specifically to the insulin receptor that is why the diabetic journals say it causes diabetes? I know it's going to render it not able to be used properly, right? It's going to blunt the response. It's going to keep it open, though. So let's go super science-y, but keep it light. Is insulin a protein? Insulin is a hormone, a protein. But it's a protein molecule, isn't it? Yes. Is ferritin a protein? Yes, it is. Did you know that the structure of ferritin looks very much like the structure of insulin? No, I did not know that, actually. That's very interesting. And so when insulin is present, it lands on the insulin receptor. But watch, Mm. when ferritin has iron in it, it looks just like insulin. So what does it do? It lands on the insulin receptor. Now, basic science. Insulin is going to land on the receptor, and something's going to be signaled to open something, which allows something. Can you explain this? Yeah, insulin so lands insulin on lands receptor. on the receptor, and then that is going to close the insulin receptor, but that's going to open up the sugar channel so that your the sugar that is in your blood can pass through the sugar channel inside the cell to be used for energy. Yeah, so for example, here's a drawing that shows a human cell, an insulin receptor, and a sugar receptor, and if insulin lands on that receptor, the sugar channel opens, and then the cell gets energy. Now, what would happen if this is happening? ferritin now lands in the receptor does the signal get sent to open the channel no so does the sugar go in the cell yeah no the sugar is still stuck in the bloodstream and that would be listed as high blood sugar sugar. over time right now the insulin is also in the bloodstream correct right and so is the ferritin yes so we could test someone and say you have high sugar you have high insulin you have high ferritin and what did we just find out that you're, yes, the cause of your type 2 diabetes. Right there in front of your face, ferritin-induced insulin resistance or toxin-induced insulin resistance. So interesting. So you're saying that ferritin basically competes with insulin yes. when, when there's too high levels of ferritin at the and insulin again, receptor. And again, what causes high levels of ferritin? Your liver produces it naturally to compensate for the amount of iron load you need, but a toxic liver overproduces a liver that doesn't have the correct feedback. You called it yep. like that negative sort yep. of positive negative feedback fo- loop, positive right? Positive feedback loops. If the brain doesn't know to tell the liver to stop making ferritin, then it just cranks the ferritin out, and the consequence is you get this insulin resistance. Now, could you also have uh, other things causing damage to it, like, say, for example, a virus? And this is what's so unique about this same study that connected ferritin to diabetes. They also connected what? Yeah, it connected that if you had a a virus in your liver, if your liver was holding on to virus, hepatitis infection, specifically hepatitis C. Now, here's the crazy thing, right? And look, we're live, so let's do this because, you know, I didn't prep him for this. But how many people have hepatitis C virus? 
This is kind of unique. How many wow. right there? Just the United States that? alone, two and a half million guys are living with living it. with it. Diagnosed though. Yes. So, so I would venture to say probably ten times that sure. don't know that I, they have absolutely. it. Absolutely. Twenty four million, million Americans. Million people. And hepatitis C is something that you might just be like, well, you know, it's a virus for the liver. But guess what? It is an extremely ineffective virus because it can, it's an, I'm sorry, an extremely effective virus yep. because it subskirts the immunity. It hangs out inside of an organ. And if they've connected hepatitis C with diabetes, what would a diabetic should, what should a diabetic get tested for? Yeah, to see if they have hepatitis. And ferritin. And ferritin levels. So right. now watch this, right? As a functional doctor, we know this. So when a diabetic comes to us, we're like, yeah, 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 your sugars are high and your A1C is high. Okay, but your ferritin's high, your viral scores are high. That's why. So now watch, dear patient, did you know this? No, I didn't. I had no idea. You see that right there? Look, am I making this up? No. That's the Health this and Human Services a, government yeah, dot website. Gov. Yes. Dot gov says currently this many people have it. Here's the diabetic journal saying it can cause it. Here's your ferritin score. It's 500. Here's your viral scores. You're way off the marks. If we get rid of the ferritin and we get rid of the viruses, do you see how that could get rid of your diabetes? Well, I do. Yeah, that makes sense. So would you like to know how to do that? Absolutely. That's the difference between health coaching, what we do, and medicine, which would be, well, your A1C is high and your sugars are high. Uh, have you been dieting? Yeah, I have. Have you been exercising? Yeah. Sure. I okay. Well, exercise. you need more meds then, because if we don't control this diabetes, you're gonna get sick, and you're gonna. And they're not finding cause. Now, let's talk about some of the other metals. And listen, there's so many different things. Because I said metal, ferritin is metal, iron's a metal. But if you want the whole list, guys, diabetes ebook, heal thyself is free. All the toxins, all the causes, all the tests, all the stuff to get rid of it. And it's seven zero four nine zero six two zero nine four. Once again, for the phone number, 704-906-2094. And uh, we're now going to talk about the other metals, okay? So what is a big, big metal that can cause damage been shown in science to yeah. the insulin receptor? Yeah, it's, another, it's another super heavy metal, lead. And here's the unique thing about lead, right? I just went to Google and I typed in lead and diabetes. And what does it say right there published in 2018? Yeah, that lead is found... That blood, hair, and urine lead was higher in diabetics or people diagnosed with diabetes compared to non-diabetics, and this was specifically in females. So, now, but watch this though, ready? Hair metal, yep. so you can test for this. We do a heavy metals hair test. It's like, I don't know, 200 bucks. Yep. Urine lead, a little harder to do, but we can do it, was what? Was higher high in a diabetic compared to a... To a non-diabetic. So, hold on, hold on. If I run your hair test and the lead is high, and I run a urine test and lead is high, what does that oh say gosh. you likely have? Yeah, I have diabetes. But what if you don't have it? What, what would that mean? So okay. you, ha you haven't been diagnosed, oh. but my test says lead is high, and um, yes, then you know, I both am in hair at a and urine. super, super high risk to develop diabetes. Yeah, it I means like already. if okay. your annual physical was going to be six months from now, there's the diagnosis. Right. Now, do people feel blood sugars? Like, am I waking up today being like, oh, man, I feel like a diabetic. Well, uh, you know, we do such – our body does such an amazing job keeping our blood sugar in a relatively stable flux that to go outside of that flux, you're not going to notice anything. Now, yeah. at the extreme ends, 
Yes. Well, that's like when you're passing out yes. and you're super lightheaded and dizzy and you go like, I'm blacking out. I can't see. But we're talking blood sugars of like 500, 600. Can you feel uh, the difference between 148 for blood sugar and 210? No. I have no so idea. Do you see how you could be completely clueless, asymptomatic, undiagnosed, but fail a functional test and we can find it before a doctor does? Yep. And the joy is, look, if we get the lead out, what happens? Then you don't have to worry about because you diabetic. unblock the receptor and now the insulin works. What are the other metals but, that could do this? Yeah, so the other ones, so looking at mercury and aluminum. And where does mercury come from? Like, how am I going to get a lot of mercury in my yeah. body? So a lot of a lot of seafood, high levels of seafood. I mean, you'd have to and eat a ton of it though, compared to what I was thinking of. Yeah, like so what, what, what could potentially be giving someone mercury day in and day out, twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year because they have it in their mouth. So okay, I get where you're going. So you're talking about any of the dental fillings, so cavity fillings, silver that, metal yep, the amalgam. silver amalgam fillings. Because look, you'd have to eat like swordfish every day for the next five years to become poisoned with mercury. There is mercury in it, but yep. not like a tooth could leach mercury 24 hours 24/7. a day, seven days a week, and cause damage. And so if you guys understand this, you test for the metals, you find their presence, and you get rid of it, and what happens? The body Gone. heals by itself. Yep. So is it just mercury that causes this? No. It could also be aluminum too. So where does aluminum come from? Like how would I get aluminum in my body? I actually don't know that. Okay. Yeah, so we, we got to talk about this. Yes. The number one source is deodorant. Deodorant has high levels of aluminum in it. The number two source is the baking products that mm, you bake mm -hmm. on. So for example, pots and pans and things like that. Number three source the baking materials that you use. Mm. So baking, baking powder, powder has aluminum in it typically. Yep. There's even aluminums used as baking stabilizers. And then it's also found in a lot of vaccines, unfortunately, today. It's, but, it is the mercury replacement in a vaccine. And I will say, you can find aluminum-free baking ingredients. You just have to look. Yeah, you got to look for exist. them. Can you find aluminum-free deodorants? Yes, they exist too. Can you find aluminum-free, mercury-free vaccines? No. <laughs> so, see, there's a problem. Right. So, now, this, I'm, I'm gonna, one, I'm this one's on the one. one. This one's the one. We've got three minutes that we could get kicked off and possibly investigated for trying to even educate you on this it's so highly controversial for us to even say this word because this company who's now owned by bayer wants you to think this is totally safe you can spray yeah. it in your house you can go outside barefoot and clean your lawn with this yep. you can spray the cracks in your driveway with this you could even drink it if you want this thing is called glyphosate and what's the other phrase for it and so roundup yeah, now, now think about this. My five-year-old could walk into a hardware store today and plop down 12 bucks and walk out with it. Yeah, with a giant gallon or more of, of, Roundup. of Roundup. Now, in Canada, can they do that? No. And in in the United Kingdom, can they do that? No. So hold on. It's literally illegal for that to be sold over the counter, and you can't use it. It's banned in other countries. But in the U.S., we're like, let's take a bath in this stuff. Right. Now, what is it, first of all? Well, it's a pesticide. And why would I use that? The pest, it's going to help to do, make all the weeds not grow that you're trying to hide. And it's a lot, it's way more effective because of how toxic it is. It's way more effective than using your vinegar yep. mixture. And you know, it's not just so much the weeds, it's the things that eat the plants, right? Yeah. So like the bugs and the worms and all this stuff. So if I have like a crop field of corn, I don't want the bugs eating the food. I want you eating it. So they now make these seeds that are genetically modified that can only grow in the presence of Roundup, glyphosate. Yep. 
and that actually won't germinate without it. And when you spray it, it doesn't kill the plant. It kills the bugs and the weeds. Okay, so it sounds like a good idea. But we've known now it can damage the insulin receptor. It can shut off your mitochondria. It can damage the intestines. This stuff is literally like the most poisonous product on the planet. And yet how many of you, it's Saturday, we're like, well, you know, I'm kind of guilty here. Uh, this morning, I was spraying my lawn for dandelions, and sure. I was cleaning the cracks in my driveway with yep. it. Especially, and it got on my toenails. Sure. So, like, just so you know. know, yeah, dangerous stuff. It is. Yep. But listen, I didn't know this. I used to use it like crazy. My neighbors still do, and I yell at them all the time because you can smell it. Like you can tell when a lawn has been sprayed. Can you not? And don't let them, don't let the companies try to make you think it's safe. They put like these special wands on it. Yeah. And now there's like these like umbrella caps. So it, oh, it only gets from... right there on the one spot that you spray. Should show you how toxic yeah, it is. That's right. Okay. So we're running out of time. And uh, I know what you're also thinking. Like, okay, you guys, you really educated me, but now I have no clue what to do. You do, man. It's in the ebook right now. Okay. The last five pages tell you how to get this stuff out the diet to follow the detox, and even the products you can use to pull the chemicals. Mm. We saved the best for the ebook because we want you to download it, okay? 704-906-2094. What's the number? Yep, 704-906-2094. And once again, 704-906-2094. Hey, special shout out to all of you watching live stream, all right? Facebook.com slash AskDrEarns, YouTube.com. We see you. But we're also noticing there's not that many comments. So as we wrap this show up, ask away. We're going to stay here for about another 20 minutes and we'll answer questions only for those of you on our live streams. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Until then, adios.